1: Come on, son. The podcast sponsors include Universal Pictures' Candyman. Filmmaker Nia DeCosta, she's incredible, directs a terrifying, fresh take on the blood-chilling urban legend, Candyman. Candyman is produced by none other than Oscar winner Jordan Peele. The legend of Candyman is, if you say his name five times in the mirror, he appears in a reflection and kills you. As Chicago's Cabrini Green neighborhood deals with being gentrified beyond recognition, visual artist Anthony McCoy, played by Yahya Abdul Mateen, unknowingly opens the door to a complex past, exposing the horrific true story of Candyman. A terrifying wave of violence is unleashed as Anthony's own sanity unravels, putting him on a collision course with destiny. Candyman stars Yahya Abdul Mateen, Tiana Paris, Nathan Stewart Jarrett, and Coleman Domingo. I dare you to say it. Candyman, 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 Candyman. In theaters now. <laughs> Come on, son, son. What's up, y'all? The Sad Lovers. Come on, son. The podcast. Um, trial and error is what really you live by your whole life. Like you do certain things, and then you 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 see that uh people respond to different things in different ways. So as long as I've been doing this podcast i'm trying to change and evolve a little bit um you can't play whole songs on the podcast you can you can't do it don't ask me why i don't know why but it's like a rule you just can't do it it probably costs too much because you know every time a song gets played you gotta pay for it but you can't play snippets Right. You can play a little piece of a song. And I've seen that since I've been doing these podcasts whenever I do something like that. And it really kind of started with me with the flowers series, which I will continue. And thank you all for supporting that. Um, I see that y'all respond to that. Um, so if you respond to something and I'm feeling like you responded to it positively, then I will absolutely keep doing it. That's without the shadow of a doubt. So today's podcast, I want to call the Game Changers Podcast. And I want to start this off by saying that Donda finally dropped. And the reason why I started off by saying that Donda finally dropped, because no matter what I feel like Kanye West has done harmfully for black people, the meeting with Trump, slavery was a choice, all of the stupid rhetoric, this is um, probably one of the biggest albums in the history of, of all music his streaming numbers are out of control even though he's upset with universal group for putting the album out um the the numbers just don't lie how many people are really interested in this album and i even gave the album a listen i was i was fascinated um by some of the stuff on the album some of the stuff i don't think is so great it's not a really cohesive album in my opinion i don't think it's his best work i still would say his early work and my Twisted Dark Fantasy is probably his best work, Um, and stuff that he's done for other people. But it's something that everybody was talking about, and it's because of the the listening sessions in which I was at, two of them in Atlanta, and then the um, last listening, album listening party, if you want to call it that, or session where he opened it up to the public. Nobody has ever done that on that scale before, and people got a chance to listen to his album through the controversies of uh, the... uh, What they encompassed when you went to them Um, The controversy of him not saying anything The Kim Kardashian and the wedding dress thing The bringing out the baby And you know about the baby's controversies And uh, if you don't know exactly why the baby got in trouble Super producer Chris to play the clip of what the baby said When he was on uh, I think it was the rolling out festival
0: You didn't show up today with HIV AIDS Any of them deadly sexual transmitted diseases They'll make you die in two, three weeks, put a cell phone like the L. Lady, if your pussy smell like water, put a cell phone like the uh. Fellas, lights up. Fellas, if you ain't sucking nigga dick in the parking lot, put your cell phone like. Let's in the L. be real about this shit. Yeah, keep it fucking real. Some of y'all niggas suspect as a motherfucker, let's be real.
1: And he got in trouble for that. And then he had Marilyn Manson there. Marilyn Manson has been accused by well over twenty women of sexual misconduct and you know, setting itself on fire and all of that. And then most recently, uh, Chris Brown was supposed to be on the album and Chris Brown's vocals was taken off of a song and Chris Brown went into a tirade. Um, What's his name? Big Draco, a.k.a. Soldier Boy was supposed to be on that. So Soldier Boy posted to his social media his vocals on a song that he was supposed to be on Kanye West's show. so. So Soldier Boy is upset that he's not on the album. The baby was supposed to be on Jail 2. Jail is the one that uh Jay-Z is on. Now, I'm feeling Jay-Z on this joint. I'm not even going to lie to him. I feel like that's the Jay-Z that I like to hear. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Even though um I like Nas's album. I'm not even going to lie. I'm, I'm messing with Nas's album. But I like Jay-Z on uh, Jail. So let's play a little bit of Jay-Z on Jail So in case y'all didn't get it. God in my cells. That's my celly. Made in the image of God. That's a selfie. Pray five times a day. So many felonies. Who gonna post my bell? Lord, help me. So I think... Kanye has has absolutely, in his career so far, the things that he has been doing has changed the game, for sure. Like him, love him, hate him, whatever, but you can't deny the attention that people put on Kanye West. Uh, most of the time, you can't deny his artistry. Every, everybody has had... It um if you've, even if you're a game changer you've had bad albums, like yeah Michael Jackson that Blood on the Dance Floor mm not so hot y'all if you remember that and Happy Birthday to Michael Jackson whose birthday just passed too, but the reason why I'm starting this off talking about Kanye West this what I call a Game Changers podcast is because he's absolutely definitely in hip hop made his mark he's he's absolutely. A game changer. I mean, I'm not even going to deny that. As much as I think sometimes he's a freaking idiot um, and a clown, I'm not going to deny the fact that he's a game changer. I mean, when you have that, numbers like that on, on the album release, it's crazy. It's crazy. So if people believe in what you're doing, why would you stop doing it? So he's absolutely a game changer. But let's take this back. I'm going to take you all on a little journey musically hip-hop journey and we're going to talk about some of the most outstanding game changers in hip-hop and you might have a list of your own you might feel like wow how i could add leave this person out and leave that person out and if i do i i would love for you to get in contact with me Because I can't remember every rapper from every city, you know, all over the country. I can't remember all of them. So maybe I should just just call this one Game Changers Part One. Uh, Because I can't remember everybody. I mean, come on, y'all. I'm only one person. I would like to start off with this game changes by saying that out of all the groups that are around prior to the golden era before before the golden era which is is the late 80s late late 80s 88 and all the way up to you know the late 90s right um there were a lot of people that made a difference As far as hip hop being on wax. Now, the Sugar Hill Gang, as a group, in my opinion, have legendary status for being like the first really popular rap record. If you're a fan of this podcast, you've known I've taken you through the fact that Big Bang Hanks. Rhymes are all written by Grandmaster Kaz, who is absolutely, as an MC, a game changer. But I'm talking about people that commercially, once hip-hop became a viable commercial entity, right? Grandmaster Flash, I mean, the Sugar Hill gang first with Rapper's Delight. Worldwide phenomenon, everybody. Just the record, not Sugar Hill as a group. But just that record was a game changer. So producer Krista give me a little bit of rappers
0: delight said Now what you hear is not am the beat. and me the groove and my friends are gonna try to move your feet
1: It's really not a lot of places that you could go especially around grown people if you take generation Z I'm quite sure if you put 10 people in the room that that are like 21, 22 years old and you put on Rapper's Delight, I'm, I'm quite sure they know some of the words. Okay, that record switched everything. It it, it made everybody see that they can actually make records, hip-hop records. And, and the flood of hip-hop records Came behind him. Right after that. I mean even Grandmaster Flash and the Fierce Five. Was signed to the same label. Sugar Hill Records. As. You know the Sugar Hill Gang. There's a lot of people. People start making records left and right. So you really really got to. Kind of tip your hat. To that record becoming such a big hit. That made a lot of people. That were already MC's. Right from you know, Busy B and Lovebug Starsky and Kumo D and, you know, all of these different people out there, Grandmaster cat I mean, you know, Grandmaster Caz's group, they had records out. You know, all of this came because of the success of Rapper's Delight. It absolutely positively changed the game. I would say after Rapper's Delight changed the game and Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five started making records, the next group was Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five to change the game. Even before that, because of the way Melly Mel rhymed and the way Mel and his group really influenced Probably every MC you've ever heard who picks up something from somebody else, if you trace the origins back to that, it's probably all the way back to Melly Mel. But the one song that came out and changed hip-hop, and Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five are legendary. There's no two ways about it. They're game changers. They're in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. They are game changers. There's no question about it. Okay, how important they are to hip-hop, how important Flash is as being a DJ, as the guy who invented the cue, uh, so you can hear one record while, while the other record was playing. This is all Flash. This is super important stuff. Okay, even though Flash wasn't the guy that ended up making all the money off it, all these electronic companies did, but he invented the cue. Before that, you could not hear what your left side was doing while your right side was playing. He finagled with something and invented the cue. So that's important enough for DJs as it is. But later on in their career, after all the birthday records, after, you know, all of the Zodiac Sign records and all the, the group records, they make Flash on the wither And after all of that, a young man by the name of Duke Booty and Melly Mel got together to make a game changing record called The Message. Super producer Krista, gimme some of the message, please. A child is born with no state of mind, blind to the ways of mankind. God is smiling on you, but he's frowning too. Because only God knows what you'll go through. You'll grow in the ghetto living second rate. And your eyes will sing a song, cause they hate the places you play and where you stay. Looks like one great big alley. I'm gonna tell you why the message is so freaking important. Because that song by itself is the reason why Kanye West is able to do what he's doing. Nas is able to do what he's doing. The baby, Two Chains, GZ, whoever, T.I., wh- whoever, Dr. Dre from the West Coast, and Ice T, and Ice Cube, and Snoop Dogg, and any too short, any of these. Game changers, Kendrick Lamar. I don't care who it is. Cardi B, Little Kim, Biggie, Pac, Megan Thee Stallion, Salt and Pepper. I don't care who it is. If it wasn't for that one song, this music was not being made the way the music was made after the message. Because the message showed you that you could take actual elements of street life and put them on wax and be successful the beat was taken and used over and over and over and over again do your research on that how many people took the message and made a hit song the one that comes to mind right now is the is check yourself by ice cube so producer Chris, just give me a little bit of that Check yourself before you yourself so y'all understand what I'm saying it's just not the music and the beat of the record it's the fact that you are able to stick reality into hip-hop music. Broken glass everywhere, people pissing on the steps, you know, they just don't care. I can't take the smell. I can't take the noise. Got no money to move out. I guess I got no choice. Rats in the front room, Roaches in the back. That's important because that's the way the song started. But Melly Mel's verse, the last part, that last verse of the record, the last part of the record, a child is born with no state of mind, blind to the ways of mankind. God's smiling on him, but he's frowning, too, because only God knows what you'll go through. You grew up in the ghetto, living second rate. And all, all of that. Spend the next two years as an undercover fag. Nobody had ever. I mean, you can't say that now, but I'm saying it because this is the lyrics of the record. Spend the next two years as an undercover fag, being used and abused and served like hell. To one day you were found hung dead in your cell. It was clear to see that your life was lost. You were cold and your body swung back and forth. And now your eyes sing the sad, sad song of how you live so fast and died so young. So don't push me because I'm close to the edge. I'm trying not to lose my head. It's like a jungle. Sometimes they make me wonder why I keep from how I keep from going under. That was the street. That was the street. Sorry, 21 Savage. I, I I caught it with what you said, what you said. Super producer Chris, give me a piece of what 21 Savage said. Back in y'all day, like, a lot of rappers was bitch-ass niggas, so a lot of niggas from the old school just got that same, that same mindset. Like, they still feel like every nigga that rap is a character. But in our generation, a lot of the niggas who rap really come from that shit. I disagree with you, 21 Savage. The streets was already in hip-hop long before you came along, bro. And I can go into numerous, numerous times that gangster shit happened in the street directly correlated to hip-hop. The biggest I can think of right now is we lost two of the biggest superstars ever with Tupac and Biggie. That was Straight Street, 50 Cent getting shot nine times on straight street. I don't glorify gangsters. I don't glorify gangsterism. I don't glorify shooting and killing people. It's being real. God bless Pop Smoke and Nipsey and and, and King Vaughn and everybody else out there who lost their lives. But don't you dare say that this generation is more into the streets than the generation, than my generation or the generation right before your generation because we taught you the streets, homie. Don't you ever forget that. A lot of people died. A lot of people doing football numbers because of their affiliation with the street and on the drug and of things more money in them streets than you ever see in the streets right now with the drug game. Jay-Z and his people came in $99,000 strong from hustling G packs, bro. We, it, it it just continues. So let me get off of that. Cause I had to address that real quick because that was on my mind. Super producer Krista brought that to my attention. Let me get back to the game changing. So, music is super musical now, right? People are taking live bands into the studio and they're making this music. Live bands, man, right? You got every kind of group making Music is so many different rap groups that are out there besides Grandmaster Fashion, Furious 5, The Treacherous 3 was around, uh, The Cold Crush 4 was around, Fantastic Romantic 5 is around, there's so, The Classic 4 is around, there's so many Sha Rock and, 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 and uh, Funky 4 plus one more. All of them are using bands. All of them, everybody's, nobody knows really about sampling yet. They just... They're using they're using bands. Okay, then this electronic record comes around. And it changes the game forever. And the song I'm talking about is Planet Rock. Super producer Krista, please play a little bit of Planet Rock.
0: Rocket, don't stop it. You gotta rock it, don't stop it. Keep and talking, working all around the clock. Everybody keep rocking and clocking and shocking and rocking. Go house, everybody say rocking, don't stop it. I
1: Sonic Force, Bata, Soul Sonic Force Africa Bambada Soul Sonic Force Bambada's already a legend in hip hop already one of the forefathers of hip hop if you had to do a Mount Rushmore of hip hop just with the forefathers you'd have to put Bambada up there for his contributions to hip hop that song by the Soul Sonic Force absolutely changed everything that was the that record is really Along with Dr. Dre's record, my partner, Dr. Dre's record, Pump That Bass is really the catalyst for all of the early Southern music that you heard. Luke is a game changer. And I'll get to that maybe this episode and maybe not. But. That sound that became Miami bass. Is absolutely. Absolutely to Soul Sonic Force. It is absolutely what they were able to create with Planet Rock and Looking for the Perfect Beat and songs like that. Now, it it was different, which made it incredible. But remember what I told you about the, the impact of Melly Mel and Duke Booty, which they attributed it to Grandmaster Flash and the Furious 5, but those two people rhyming on that is Melly and Duke Booty. It's not Kid Creole. It's not Raheem. It's none of the rest of them. Okay, it is what it is. Um. So the Soul Sonic Force comes along with Planet Rock and completely changes everything. And that sound, people started jumping on that sound. So here comes a group called Run DMC out of Hollis, Queens, New York. And they make a record called It's Like That. And that's the way it is. Putting a little bit of the message on there. But the beat is up-tempo like Planet Rock. It sounds a little bit like stripped down some kind of version of Planet Rock. Bam, uh <clears throat> Unemployment at a record high People coming, people going People born to die Don't ask me Because I don't know why Well, it's like that And that's the way it is Super producer Chris, give me a little bit of It's like that, please I don't know
0: why But it's like that,
1: and that's the way it is Okay, let me get back at what I'm talking about So Run DMC has that record on the B side of that record. The B side is a record called Sucker MCs that happened to become more embraced than it's like that. More embraced than it's like that. And of course... There were a lot of groups that uh, people became legendary, legendary groups. Legendary. I'm not, I'm not leaving out Kumo, Dina, Treasure Street, Funky Farm, one more. These are all important, important groups. But I'm just telling you how the shift and people like changed the game. That song did not change the game. It wasn't. It's like that. And that's the way it is that changed things. It was sucker MCs because like I told you previously, When Mel and them came out, and Grandmaster Five and Freed Five, and all of those groups, fucking four months, plus one more, all of those groups that was using bands came out. It was super musical, horns, saxophones, pianos, even the great Curtis Blow, who is a super game changer that allowed people to make entire rap albums. Okay, Curtis Blow First platinum rap album. And I'm going to talk about Curtis Blow in a minute. Curtis Blow, game changer. Okay. Run DMC's sucker MC's stripped it down to the beats again. Even Curtis Blow. If you listen to Curtis Blow's Christmas rapping, which is my, I love that song. It's between that and Christmas and Hollis just because I'm from the Hollis, Queens area. But Christmas rapping, the breaks, all of that is super musical. Super producer Chris, give me a little piece so I can get back to why uh, it's like that. It's so important. First, give me a piece of um, Christmas rapping by Curtis Blow. I oh, guess, yes, y'all, I keep on. She can rock, 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 and rock, 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 and don't stop the body,
0: rock. And everybody say, ho, ho, ho.
1: And all the brothers, black guys. Okay, now give me a piece of Sucker MCs by Run DMC.
0: One of a kind and for your people the light and for your sucker MC, things ain't right because you're biting on your life, you're cheating on your wife,
1: you're walking around town like a hooligan with a knife, you're hanging on the ass, with the crew, and everybody knowing what you've been through. Okay, on that record, he says Larry put me inside a Cadillac, chauffeur drove off and it never came back. Dave cut the record down to the bone. Dave is Davey DMX. Larry is Larry Smith, who goes on to do a lot of amazing work with Houdini. Larry Smith was part of a group called Orange Crush that had a record out called Action. Now, Super Producer Crystal, you got to really show me your skills. You got to find Action by Orange Crush and give me a little bit of the song. Don't waste my time. hear the similarities do that that so larry smith took all the bass and drums and keyboards and all of that that him and davy d was in orange crush right and made the beat to sucker mcs for run dmc on a drum machine once that happened y'all all all the musicality of hip-hop went away that's when the boom bap era started Remember, Run-DMC came before LL Cool J. That's, that's when you hear the drum machine really starting to make a play in the rap world. All of these groups, okay? Because Larry Smith and Davey D decided to strip all the music off that record, Action by Orange Crush, and it became, it was the B-side, and probably one of the most important game changing records in hip hop. It shifted the entire focus of hip hop records off of the off of the musicality, all of the did they had whole ass bands, I'm telling y'all. Playing behind them to a beat and some rhymes. So, all it was was beats, a beat, and some rhymes. There's not even any scratching on Sucker MCs. It's a beat and some rhymes. Listen to one of what I think is a perfect hip hop record, and absolutely, these two dudes are game changers, and they're from that era. Okay, because this dude really, really made the beatbox incredible. Okay, and I'm talking about none other than Dougie Fresh, the world's greatest entertainer, a man who has just been doing the beatbox for so long. I saw them do Lottie Dottie in a skating rink. A skating rink in, in, in Long Island before the song ever came out. But it's about the show and Lottie Dottie. Lottie Dottie's on the flip side of the show. The show, what, give me Super Producer Chris, give me a little bit of, of the show. Excuse me, Dougie Frank. Yes! Have you ever seen a show one minute rhymes that don't
0: come out right. They right. They never right. That's not polite. Am I lying?
1: No, you're right, right Dougie Fresh on the beatbox. The first time we ever heard Slick Rick. Did y'all know that song was produced by the one and only Teddy Riley that went on to do amazing things. Doug put, really put in Harlem on the map and Rick, Slick Rick from the Bronx, Slick Rick. And then that on the other side is just Doug doing a beatbox. Do you now? Are y'all following me? It's Doug doing the beatbox and Rick rhyming? La di da sucker MCs. La di You see it. La di became super dumb popular. I mean the show was popular too. The show was you know. They had to inspect the gadget. You know, Teddy played that on the keyboard. Oh, my God, isn't it? You know, that was the shaker and all of that. All that stuff created on the machine that Teddy Riley was programming at the time. All of that. But he's still playing the keyboards. When Lottie Dottie hit, it's just Doug doing the beatbox and Rick rhyming. It's beats and rhymes. That's it. Beats and rhymes, Dougie Fresh, Slick Rick, Salt and Pepper, Kid and Play, Salt and Pepper changing the game. Salt and Pepper totally game changers. Can't front on Salt and Pepper. Okay, but it was about that. I'm talking about the people that shifted. The people that came behind people, all great, but I'm giving you the game changers that shifted shit. Salt and pepper absolutely shifted shit. MC Light absolutely shifted shit. Early in the game. Okay? Run DMC shifted the entire. Come on, y'all. You already know about that. You already know how that affected me. I'm not I don't have to tell that story again. I don't have to. But then here comes a young man out of Queens, New York, also not too far from around my way, by the name of LL Cool J. The first actual superstar of hip-hop. First male solo superstar. I'm talking about before Big Daddy came. Somebody please tell me. He was bigger than than Curtis Blow. Curtis Blow was a superstar early in hip-hop. When L.L. came along, L.L. was bigger than Curtis Blow. He was. Curse Blow did his thing, but LL Cool J was young, young. He was like sixteen when "I Need a Beat" came out. Rock the bells and all that. He's just a teenager. There's no bow wow. There's no. There's no. Uh, was masterpiece on Romeo. LL's before all of them, even though he wasn't small like that and. You know he's a little bit taller than these guys, but you gotta remember this dude been doing it since he was 16. Superducer Krista, give me a little bit of "I Need Love" by LL Cool J. And if you know who you are, why don't you make yourself seen? Take a chance with my love, and you'll find out what I mean. Fantasies can run, but they can't hide. And when I find you, I'ma pull all my love inside. I need love. Crazy, changed the game. First real hip-hop love song, Women Lost Their Mind. Run told me one time he didn't know how to react to that song. It's a game-changer, man. Absolutely. Got to take a eight. Hey, hey, we got sponsors, man. We got sponsors. Y'all got to hear from the sponsors right now, and I'll be back with more of the Game Changers podcast. I'm going to keep going, y'all. There's a lot of other people that are game-changers for different reasons. All right, right here. Come on, son the podcast. Come on, son, son. In America, we value our freedom and our rights. And at a time when a handful of extremists are determined to take us backwards, civil and human rights advocates are defending our progress and building a better future for us all. At the Leadership Conference Education Fund, we are committed to protecting the rights of everyone in America. We believe that an informed public is not only critical to achieve civil and human rights, but also to make sure those rights endure. Visit www.civilrights.org EdFund to learn more. Paid for by the Leadership Conference Education Fund. Come on, son, son. All right, so I'm back, man. I'm, and, and I'm not in my closet. I'm actually uh, doing this part from my man crib. And uh big shout out to everybody in New York City that survived the crazy floods and everything that happened. I flew into New York and... Um, Got here like 2.20 this afternoon, and it's so crazy with all the rain and the flooding and all of that, that I just actually walked in my man crib in Lodi, New Jersey, five hours later, and it don't never take that long to get here. So big up to everybody that's showing uh, perseverance and taking care of themselves, man, and really holding holding themselves down through the remnants of... uh, Hurricane item. Big up to all my people in New Orleans, Louisiana, period, and Mississippi, and everybody that's having been going through it with with, with these hurricanes, man. And, and, you know, God is good, and rest in peace to people that lost their lives and all of that. And while I'm on that note, I want to say rest in peace also to Greg uh, Leeks, Nene Leakes' husband, from, you know, Real Housewives of Atlanta. I met Greg on several occasions. He's never... Anything less than a great dude to me. So I want to send my condolences to the whole Leaks family, to their children, to Nene, and to Greg's entire extended family and everybody that loved them. Now let me get back to this game changers thing. Now when I left off, I was talking about LL Cool J. And I know a lot of people probably gonna listen to this podcast and gonna be like, Yo, Ed, you leaving out like K R S one, Roxanne Shantae, you leaving out MC Shan, you leaving out Molly Maul. I'm talking about, I don't want to leave them out because they're all legends in their own right. But there are certain people that made certain music that shifted hip-hop 110%. Now, KRS-One did some amazing, amazing things, but early on in KRS-One's career, he has never been on the same level as LL Cool J. He just hasn't. Through all the hits, through everything, KRS-One has... Managed to cross over later on in life. But he's never crossed over on the same plane, so to speak, as an LL Cool J. He is a game changer. Don't get me wrong. But when LL came out with I Need Love and stuff like that, bro, that that totally changed hip-hop, the course of hip-hop. KRS-One came out, absolutely did his thing, right? But Rakim is more of a game changer than KRS-One is because KRS-One was equally as aggressive as everyone else that was rhyming back in those days. If if you listen to KRS-One, he was way more articulate, but he was still extremely aggressive. LL was aggressive. Run DMC was aggressive. Shantae was aggressive. Shan was aggressive. The shift changed when Rakim took the mic. Rakim smoothed everything out, right? Eric B and Rakim totally shifted hip-hop. KRS-One Kane, we can't take nothing away from them dudes. Them dudes are legends and game changers in their own rights. But right now, what I'm talking about is the shift in hip-hop. The way I explained to you guys earlier, the shift Run-DMC made in hip-hop because of sucker MCs by itself. African band Body and the Soul Sonic Force. Shifted hip-hop. Luke and the 2 Live Crew in Miami, which I will get to later on in part two of this podcast, shifted Um, hip-hop. Ice-T, very instrumental in West Coast hip-hop and in Gangsta Rap. But as instrumental as Ice-T was, the shift really came after NWA, something else that I'll get to down the line. You cannot say Rakim without... Who smoothed it out after Rakim, who became popular? Yeah, Jay-Z's a game changer. But if there's no Rakim, there's no Jay-Z. If there's no Rakim, there's no Nas. If there's no Rakim, there's no Biggie. Now, mind you, that's the introduction of gangster rap, so to speak. But it had to happen because of the R. And that's what I need people to know. I remember Molly Marl telling me a story about Rakim when they recorded in Molly's apartment in Queensbridge, he told Rakim, yo, man, you got you, Rakim was sitting down with a microphone. And Molly was like, nah, man, you got to get up. You got you know, you to do your thing. You got to get hyped. You got to get into it. And Rakim was like, nah, B, this is how I flow. And that flow changed everything. It changed everything from future MCs, even to a lot of the guys that you listen to today. A lot of that flow is Rakim. That's why he's called the God MC. Slick Rick is another game changer as a solo artist. Now, although Slick Rick really only had one hit album, you know how Slick Rick changed the game? He's the first dude to really give you the Slick Rick the Ruler and MC Ricky D. The same person, but two different people. Who else went on to do that? You heard Biggie do it. You heard Scarface do it. You heard a mountains and mountains of MC. You can think of somebody else, Minks. I'm in my man, Minks' house right now, so I'm doing this part of this podcast. It was I, Snoop. Snoop absolutely did that. Snoop actually did Lottie Dottie over on one of his songs. When Snoop did, um, What's the name of Snoop's song? Murder was the case that they gave me. Right? Snoop spoke in one voice, and then Snoop spoke in another voice. Anytime you hear MCs doing that two-voice thing when Biggie did it, Positive K K did the same thing. Yes, Positive K did the same thing. When I got all that came from Slick Rick, Nobody, nobody did that before Slick Rick. That's changing the game, bro. That's absolutely... 100% One hundred percent changing the game. A MC out of Philly, Schooly D. Schoolie D is really the first real hardcore street PSK before anybody was making gangster music. Schoolie D was the first one out of Philadelphia to do it. There's no Schoolie. There's no Beanie Siegel. This this is what I'm talking about, y'all. Because I know you're probably gonna think, well, Edge is gonna leave out this many people, and that's why I tell you always. Hit me up because there's a part two that is coming. So hit me up and tell me who you think is a game changer. You can hit my email directly, Mr. Ed Lover at gmail.com. Tell me who you think is game changer because I'm quite sure there's people from different states. And, you know, you know, come on, come on. You know, we got to say Master P, you know, Diddy, you know, the Rough Riders. But before that, man, you got to say Luke. You got to touch Eazy-E. You got to touch Too Short. You got to touch E-40. Scarface, the Ghetto Boys, J Prince. These are cats that's way before Master P that had their own labels, bro. You just, you can't you can't dip into what you consider you want to rush things and you don't want to talk about people that like came before people. Rap-A-Lot Records. You remember, if you're a big fan of Biggie's, you remember Biggie did the remix, the flavor in your ear, and he said, I'm not from Houston, but I rap a lot, pack the gats a lot, the Flavors got to drop. Why do you think he made that nod to Rap-A-Lot? Because Scarface and them dudes were on Rap-A-Lot Records, which was owned by Jay Prince. He got a book out now called Respect. Y'all need to read that book. It's incredible. But Jay Prince had his own label. In the South, you, you want to talk about game-changing dudes, man? Let's talk MC Screw. I mean, DJ Screw, who slowed that music down. Screw is a phenomenon. That's, that's what I'm talking about when I'm talking about changing the game. Scarface, everybody loves Scarface, dog. I bet a lot of y'all out there didn't know that Scarface wrote every lyric or mind-playing tricks on me except Willie D's part. The Bushwick-Bill joint is supposed to have been Scarface. That was supposed to be Scarface's solo record. If you listen to his, I mean, not listen, but well, you can not listen to the audio of his, of his book. But if you read his book, he tells you in the book, Mind Playing Tricks was his and his alone. Actually, he produced the record too. And then when Jay Prince heard it, he was like, put Willie and put Bushwick on this. Let's make this a ghetto boy's record. That's how important to hip-hop Scarface is. You can't leave out Luke and the 2 Live Crew. Luke was the first. Luke was the Barry Gordy of Motown of South Music. Luke had his own printing plants. He had his own trucks. He had his own recording studios. Before Master P, before E-40, before Too Short. Luke, that Miami bass is a derivative of Planet Rock. And pump that bass from original concept. That's when that 808 bass really kicked in when Dre and them did it like that. When my partner Dre and them did it with original concept, bro. That's changing the game. People need to get their flowers for changing the game the way they've changed the game, bro. And and ladies and gentlemen, that's all I want to say. This is part one. We're going to dip into this all the way in part two about hip hop groups, individual hip hoppers, record labels, and people that have changed the trajectory of hip hop. And there's a lot of people. Some their contributions were on a level, and then some that I'm gonna talk about contributions were on a level so large that you can't deny the fact that they were really one of the people that changed the game. Like we got it, bro. I didn't even get into the dungeon family yet. We, we not even, we didn't even talk about them. We didn't talk about all the great artists that came out of Detroit. We, we didn't even talk about, we didn't even talk about chief Keefe. Got to give Chief Even if you don't like drill rap, chief Keefe changed the game, bro. Even if, you, even if you hate drill rap, Chief Keef changed it. That Chicago sound changed hip-hop. You got to give him his props. Even if you don't like it, it's not particularly my best. I don't particularly go crazy for it, but I recognize it for what it's worth. It some, sometime during this conversation, we have to talk about a lot of people. Drake. Drake's a game changer whether you want to talk about him or not. Whether you like him or hate him or whatever, but he made that, he's he's the new LL Cool J, bro. He's the modern day LL Cool J. He makes great records for women. He has everything that LL Cool J had. Drake has it right now because he went into battle and he won. Okay, so now you can't say that he's soft because he can kill you in a battle. Because he he smacked Mill around. Ain't no two ways about that. Okay? So he has it. Dudes want to be him. Girls want to fuck him. And he sells a lot of records and make great records. Lil Wayne is a game changer. But that's all coming. Part two, when I start talking about cash money, no limit, all of that. Eminem, all of that, bro. We're going to get into all of that. But I just wanted to give y'all... A little bit of the Game Changes podcast. And like I said, hit me up, mister Edlover at gmail.com. Comments about this. I know you're going to take the opportunity to send me your music, and that's fine. But I'm going to give you my honest critique and don't get mad at me if I tell you your shit is trash. Okay? Because you better know it's right before you send it to me. Okay? And I will get back to this. This is come on, son. The podcast. I'm at lover. And I'm gone. Come on, son. This Ed Lover podcast is being done in conjunction with Cigars International. Make sure you check out cigarsinternational.com for all your cigar needs.
0: This episode of Come On, Son, the podcast is produced and engineered by co-executive producers Kimana Paulus and Krista Hayes. Recorded at Mean Street Studios in downtown Atlanta, Georgia, this is an official Loudspeakers Network podcast.